Just like, uh, like, you, like you devastate a city or you cream, or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like, like you put all the off offensive players in one bag and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football! Let's play some football! The pressure is on. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourselves on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screening live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning, welcome in to Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you, Digital Managing Editor, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Behind the Glass, Mason Woods, and Tide 100.9 Brand Manager, Joe Gaither. Going to have some fun today, it's Monday, and we'll uh, we'll wake up and, and get into it. Alabama is in the midst of a pretty serious recruiting season. Uh several players over the weekend announcing their intentions to come play for the Crimson Tide. And all that is very exciting. And we'll get to the guys that have decided to play at Alabama here in just a second. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and yeah, we had a lot of time to talk about this guy when he announced his commitment during the show live on Thursday. Uh, obviously I wasn't here on Friday. So the, my reaction is a little bit late. I understand that. But where I find a lot of this to be of particular interest, the conversation still, 
is the attitude of the fan base when it comes to Arch Manning. Now, understand that what I do the other 23 hours of the day that I'm not on the air is I look for and help publish content, right? My job is to put stuff on the internet that you want to see. (laughs) And I get it when someone is talked about too much, like, Oh, you know, you're shoving it down our throat, right? Like we, we said the same thing with music on when it comes to to music on the radio, you know, Oh, we have to hear that song so much. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. That's why the most popular app in the world right now is TikTok, And it's because you don't hear the same stuff until it is nauseating. Right. And then it goes away. Something new comes. It's all about trends. And what we do has a lot to do with trends as well. You know, now that Arch Manning has made his decision to go play for Texas, we'll move on to the next thing, right? Now, in the world of recruiting, there will not be a story as big as Arch Manning until there is some new development in his role in playing college football. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is a certain kind of headache. But who I want to compare Arch Manning to is Tim Tebow. And not because Arch is a bad football player (laughs) or a bad quarterback, I should say. And not because Arch is going to do anything nearly as impressive as what Tim Tebow did as a college football player. Or that he is as divisive as Tim Tebow can be. But here's the thing is when it comes to Tim Tebow, there are a lot of people who hold a very skewed and very uneducated opinion that Tim Tebow got ousted from the NFL because of his religion. And no, that's not what happened. What happened with Tim Tebow is exactly what people think should happen to guys like Arch Manning. That's the kind of guy that if he's your backup, he's getting talked to more than your starting quarterback. Right. And that is a situation that Texas is going to have to deal with. Quinn Ewers is a big deal. Quinn Ewers is one of the other only three quarterbacks in 247 sports uh, rating history to get a perfect evaluation. The other being Vince Young, who, by the way, lived up to expectations at Texas. And the other is himself, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. All three of them go to Texas. It's insane, right? Good for them. Maybe they'll be back now. But that is something they're going to have to deal with. There is going to be a lot of conversation on Quinn Ewers, who has already earned the starting job, There is no competition between him and Arch Manning this season. He's going to have to deal with questions about Arch Manning every single day, and it's going to get annoying, and justifiably so. But that's why, in the NFL, they avoid that situation entirely. Colin Kaepernick got blackballed by the league, but also you could not justifiably bring him in without the circus that comes with it. There are certain players that are not worth the noise. There are players that are 112,000% worth the noise. And Arch Manning is one of them. So I understand Gumps, Bama fans of all kinds. I understand that it is annoying to see the name Manning, especially if you are over the age of, I, I don't know, 38, 
right? And you have real memories of Peyton Manning in the putrid orange, right? I don't have any of those. Manning's final season at Tennessee, I was four years old. I don't know anything about that. I only remember Peyton Manning as an Indianapolis Colt. I thought it was hilarious when I found out that he even went to Tennessee, right? I never watched Eli at Ole Miss either, though he was a little bit less of a pain in the neck. I understand if you have memories of them or even as far as memories of Archie running around at Ole Miss, you don't want to have to deal with the noise. But understand that it's got more to do with guys like me and the job that I have that you hear so much about Arch than it does with the man himself. Mason got into it a little bit with somebody on our Facebook comments. What's Arch supposed to do? Change his name? Not live up to expectations? Because let me tell you something. I, I thought this was funny, but it was probably well put. Arch was born with three stars. He earned the other two. Hell, he was probably born with four stars, let's be honest. But he earned a perfect rating. He earned everything that, that he is getting. And he earned the right to visit school after school after school after school. He earned the right to be as popular because newsflash, there's another Manning on his team. There is another Manning on his team. His center, his center's last name is Manning. His center is his family. His center is too small to play the position and will not be playing college football. And he doesn't get that recognition. We only just found out about him after the commitment. It's not just because Arch's last name is Manning. And let me preface a lot of this by saying I like the potential of the quarterbacks that are on this roster. Bryce Young is the best quarterback to ever play here. Jalen Milrow is probably going to be the most exciting player we have ever seen play the position once he takes over. And Ty Simpson, he's got some tools. I... I I still have a hard time admitting how impressed I was with him at A-Day, both because it's A-Day and because I had, between Arch and Ty, my choice was Arch. But you take what you've got, and you run with it, and you work with it. But none of that, none of that outweighs the fact that it is downright weird to not want the best player in this recruiting class to play for your team. It is downright weird. We can look back and, you know, today it's really easy to laugh at Kayvon Thibodeau. But in 2019, you wanted him. You'd have taken all of those sacks instead of having to wait for Will Anderson, right? There is, without a doubt, no, no logic behind not wanting the best player possible, regardless of what you already have. Would you like to send Dallas Turner back up north since you already have Will Anderson? Of 
course not. Uh, who, who's? Would you like to send Tony Mitchell back to Thompson because we already have Kool-Aid? No, you would not. To be welcoming to Eli Holstein but negative to Arch Manning, I think, can be a little bit backwards. And, yes, I'll, I'll recognize a little bit of hypocrisy in me saying that. Ty Simpson is here now. I'm done trying to be so negative about him, right? It, it was it was wrong of me to do that. But if you're going to be ready for Eli Holstein to be the fourth quarterback on this team, just know there's somebody out there that is just as good, if not better, that you could have wanted. Now, here's the thing. Arch isn't coming to Alabama. So there's no sense in talking as if he was going to. Where I do begin to see a bit of a problem in the logic of the potential of these three guys, these now four guys, is the fact that there are only four of them. Say what you will, Texas is is stacked for the next four years at quarterback with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, assuming both stay. They have six quarterbacks, now seven. Alabama only has four, but go look at Georgia. Georgia's got four. Okay. Go look at Clemson. They've got seven. It is getting harder and harder to hold on to quarterbacks. It is getting harder and harder to have insurance at the position. So when you get these guys, you had better be right. Because I'm not saying Texas is going to be back just because they've got Arch Manning. And I'm not saying Alabama is losing out by getting Eli Holstein instead. There is a lot of potential behind Bryce Young in the coming years when it comes to the future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But the future does not look as bright as what it looks like in Texas with what they've got with the evaluations of the things that these guys have earned. Texas may not be back. Alabama is not going down. You can look at this recruiting board and start to maybe wonder just a tad because Tony Mitchell is the only top 10 talent they've got and are going to get, or top 15, I think. Yeah, it's not even top 10 for, for anybody in Alabama. Now, yeah, 15th overall player. Then you got 19th overall in Jalil Hurley, and then you start start falling down a little bit. It's early. Alabama always starts slow. I'm not here to incite panic. But... Arch was your best chance of being in the top 10, I think, as far as talent goes. And now that's gone. Nick's going to keep trying to build this offensive line, but the, the, the reloading process this season, you look down the rankings, it looks a little bit tougher than it has been in the past. So we'll see how things go. I, again... This whole thing about Arch is more so stop hating the kid because of the noise he has to have because of people like me that have to talk about him. It's He's talked about a lot because of his name. He is. There's a lot of interest in where a guy with that kind of legacy in front of him is going to play his college football. And the fact that he didn't go anywhere 
where he had actual ties shows that he's his own person. The fact that he has exactly one tweet and all it is is about where he's going to play college football shows you he's not the bad dude that so many people in this fan base seem to think he is. But we don't have to defend him anymore. That's just a reaction to the situation. Because regardless, in three years' time, when Arch is a junior, being projected as the first overall pick, getting ready to play the Alabama Crimson Tide at some point during that season, it's all horns down, and we all know who's going to win the ballgame. Or at least we should still feel confident in that time period. Doesn't matter how old Nick is. Doesn't matter what the rankings are on the recruiting side. Doesn't matter if, if Texas is really back. Alabama's still Alabama. And will be in that time period. We'll take a break. Come back. Continue the conversation. 205-342-9904. You're on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. And again, scattered showers and storms will form during the day. The high at 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best new analysis in T-Town. Hey, I got a stat for you. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues on Tide Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you. Mason Woods, Joe Gather across from me on the production side. What happens if a player takes less money to go to a school that he loves, but he knows he's going to get less money when he goes to that school? Is it not instantly a NIL violation right off the jump? So there's a on three article discussing a player who chose the University of Miami over another program knowing full well he was going to get less in NIL incentives. If that is the case, and, and listen, we every single time it comes up, 
with the Miami Hurricanes, there's some sort of NIL deal, and there's some sort of concern that maybe they have not done things correctly. And if that is the case, here again, Miami is is painting some pictures in gray here that are becoming harder and harder to discern. If if Jaden Rashada left millions on the table, that does that not that will not absolve him from the fact that he knowingly knew what NIL deals were on the table for him where he went. And it creates more confusion in the land because if you're going to come after this guy, then what about Nico Iamaleva at Tennessee? What about the, the kids that went to A&M? What about every player ever? And again, this is where I go back to the fact that we're on a open road in the middle of nowhere that used to have a speed that used to not have a speed limit sign. And now the speed limit sign says 65 and everybody's still going 75 because there's nobody out there to enforce it. If we find a gray area, it's going to continue to open up more confusion, more conversation that is honestly not going to lead to anywhere because the NCAA is not going to be able to make any discernible stance that is going to help us understand what exactly is going on because in the law of the land there's no room for the morality of the decision when the rules are the rules you have to go by them knowing that he did not pick the highest offer doesn't help any player when it comes to nil and that's honestly kind of a problem. What do you think that says to the, you know, the these kids are just going everywhere for the money crowd? That's what I was about to go is we already knew kids weren't going to do that. There's a very real possibility that the the kid that chose Jackson State over Florida State this year as the number one recruit there's a very strong chance he legitimately wanted to go play for Jackson State, go play for Coach Prime, right? We don't know why players choose to go wherever it is they choose. We know why a lot of them come to Alabama, and it's got more to do with winning championships and going to the NFL than anything. But there are a lot of guys that come here for a plethora of other reasons. And there's a lot of players that only go where the money is best. Kayvon Thibodeau pointed out why he chose Oregon is because he knew he was going to the league. He wanted insurance on the backside if it didn't go his way. And that the, the, the guarantee that you could work with Nike, no matter what, was enticing to him. The fact of the matter is, is that broad statements like that oh, these kids are just going to go wherever they get paid the most, they're usually false. Almost always, to be honest. I, I talked about this a lot when, NI, when the NIL was coming around, is 
if we're jumping to the absolute worst possible conclusion about any of this, then we're not doing it the correct justice. Because I'll tell you what we were talking about earlier about, you know, content creation and trying to, you know, give you things that you want to see, you want to read. You know what a lot of you guys like to see and read is Montana Fouts and what she does with her NIL. And what people that do the right thing with it in the eyes of, of the community, you love to see that, right? Because apparently there's a right and a wrong way to go about this. And the right way is the things that, that Montana does, where she hosts camps, she does the cameo thing, uh, she has b- clothing brands and all this sort of, sort of different stuff. And that's all well and good, but there's a plethora of other reasons why NIL is good for athletes, even if they're not giving back to the community. And chiefly among them is if they come from poverty of any kind, and it really just kind of helps sustain their family for a little while while they're here before they make it to the league. There was a, so after Kenny Pickett signed his rookie contract, somebody pointed out that the, that, that Addison, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver that went to USC is going to be making just a couple million dollars less than Kenny Pickett. I saw a tweet today, you know, talking about this kid at Miami, Jaden Rashada. I mean, his reported deal is more than several starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, that's insane. But what they do with that money, honestly, is not anybody's business. Because at the end of the day, they earned all of it. You may not like the fact that there's a there's a chance that they, they earned it, but they did. The idea that that college students that, are, that college athletes come in and have never played a snap, because I saw that one with Arch too. Is he's never played a snap? He's played a lot of football actually. He's earned everything he's about to get. It was not so long ago that we were talking about the value of a high school student or a high school football player going up to the next level, he has earned the recognition of top programs to be recruited by them. What are you talking about? He's earned nothing. He has earned no monetary value. That does not make sense. That would be like saying to a potential employee straight out of high school, yeah, you've never worked before, so I'm going to need you to work the next four years pro bono. No pay. Until you prove that you're actually able to do it over a four-year period. You see how stupid that sounds? And oh, by the way, your job, you are to perform it to the best of your ability. No screw-ups in front of millions each week. And by the way, not only do you have to be good at that job, but you also have to learn how to do something else for an excruciating amount of time. Spend your time studying it, learning it, and struggle to have any type of a social life whatsoever. That'd be pure insanity, wouldn't it? But that's what we're what what so many people against NIL would would advocate is really what they want to see these college athletes go through. The fact of the matter is, is that they earn it. But what's what's annoying is the fact that a Jaden Rashada, 
who has earned the right to any type of NIL deal that he wants, apparently, leaves money on the table to go where he wants to go, but he'll still be he'll he'll still be given that same look as a player that that went to where the money was just because he got big money. What what a lot of people fail to understand in much of this is that these guys are going to get what they are going to get regardless. It's not about the size of the school. It, yes, the the you follow the money, you follow the winners. There's no doubt about that. But if it was all about who could provide the most money, then USC would have never went down. Texas would have never went down. A&M would not be just now getting to, to a point where they're a national recognized uh, contender, even though really on the surface they're kind of not. Michigan would have never went down. It would still be Alabama would honestly have a little bit harder of a time than they do. And while yes, a certain definition of parity doesn't apply to college football. We talked with uh with with was it Leon? I think it was Leon, and he was describing the different way to look at parity in college football, and he was absolutely right. There is still a a essence of parity that does still exist in college football. But it comes down to that simply because fantastic athletes go somewhere else. They go to other places. Again, the number one player in the country in last year's recruiting class chose to go to Jackson State. His reasons are his own. But before then, he was committed to Florida State. Who's, it's not Dion's Florida State. They're bad. They're not good right now. That guy was going to go wherever he wanted to go. Arch chose Texas. Texas hasn't been good in a long time, right? Players are going to do what they want to do. The incentive of, of the money, like the idea that a player shouldn't take his worth, I think so many people have come to the idea, the realization that that much of what college football is today is much more professional than amateur. And if that's the case, then why can't these players get what they want immediately? Why do... I mean, honestly, like if, if I'm straight out of high school and I can get a job, am I not going to get one that, that pays the most? Am I not going to get the one that, that gives me the most opportunities? Am I not going to do what is best for me and everybody around me? Regardless of what it looks like to the outside world, if they have to look at it. And we're telling these guys that, no, just because you're playing collegiate athletics, they're lim like, sure, there should be rules. There should be regulation. But... When you want rules and regulations, you need enforcement. You need a standard and structure of things that are easily understood. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And here's the logic behind why. Because right now there is none. Because, again, the idea, the, the naivety that lives in the, the foundation of the idea that recruiting was never going to be used with NIL it's foolish. 
Hell, Nick Saban was one of the first ones to use NIL to recruit when he brought up how much Bryce Young makes. Last year, just a couple of weeks after NIL was opened up. So to to sit back and to look back at, at what this guy is doing, leaving millions on the table to go to the school that he wants to go to, that's no different than, than the football player you know, the wrestler, the whatever, that's able to go do live gigs at the bar on Friday night and actually be able to make some money off of it. It's no different than the softball player that does cameos. It's no different than any of that. But if if you ask me, honestly, at this point, continuing to look at it, I don't think there should be that much problem in a guy choosing to go to a school because that's where he's going to make the most money. Because that's why people choose to go to the schools they go to all the time. I could have graduated from Troy University. Would I be where I am now? No. You go to the University of Alabama because you want a really good job on the backside of it. It should be the same thing, right? And here's the thing is many... Careers that you go to college for, you start working in those things before you graduate. Especially in this field. I got hired at Town Square before I graduated. You you don't. These are people. <laughs> I think that's the part that gets lost in a lot of this. Is that these are people. These are young people. These are 18 and 19 year old guys making lifelong decisions to play a sport that they're better at than anybody. And yet the suits in, in the, the power roles want to dictate what they're able to do and what they can and cannot do as far as it as pertains to just being an individual. When they have no frame of reference or idea what it's like to be a college football player what it's like to be a quote-unquote student-athlete. And if they did, they weren't the elite ones. At some point, there's got to be a little bit more respect thrown the way of the athletes. After all, they're the ones that provide the entertainment. They're the ones that put in all the work. They're the ones whose careers we follow from high school all the way up and through the, the NFL with full risk, with full risk of becoming the next Jamarcus Russell, with full risk of becoming the next Reggie Bush, with full risk of becoming someone that is demonized in the public eye, all for the hopes of being the next Peyton Manning of being the next Joe Montana, of being the next Dan Marino, of being the next Patrick Mahomes, Jerry Rice, Barry Sanders, of all the hope of being one of the greatest to ever do it without any flaw to their perceived personality in the public. They hold all the risk and all and, and hope for all the reward, and yet they're handcuffed the whole way through the process. Can't imagine it.
We'll take a break. 205-342-9904 if you want to join the show. More than welcome to. We'll talk with you here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Hi. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison hanging out with you. Mason Woods, Joe Gaither behind the glass. I was asked during the break what I would do if I won the Stanley Cup. First of all, do want to say that I think you guys were right in saying that Hockey does it right by giving the players the trophy first. I don't know what it is about football and its power complex, but giving in the NFL, giving the the owner the championship first, giving the the coach the championship second, then the MVP. It feels very hierarchical and less about kind of the team. Now, I will say in the NFL. They haven't done this in recent years, and I think it's mostly because of COVID, the optics of it. But before COVID, they would walk the title, would walk the Vince Lombardi Trophy down an alley of the players, and all the players would get to touch it. You know, he'd even let them let some of them stop and kiss it, and all that sort of stuff too, right? Uh, kissing trophies, by the way, really weird practice. Not, I'm not gonna lie. Like I get it, really weird practice. Uh, but over, I mean, that's a little bit easier opinion to have two years removed from 2020 now, but just to me, it's always, it's just kind of weird, but regardless, I've never won a trophy though. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's like, uh, but it is still weird to like do the hierarchical thing. But the other fact is honestly, football players Football trophies tend to be too revered, I think. Everybody lost their mind when Tom Brady threw the Lombardi from one boat to another to Rob Gronkowski. Are you serious? You lose your mind over the greatest quarterback of all time throwing another pass in the offseason to one of the greatest tight ends of all time? Should have no worries whatsoever. And... Are you kidding me? Nobody's ever played catch with the crystal ball in college football. And now, now the trophy in college football is just a big golden bat. It's not necessarily something to, to do anything with. What I love about the Stanley Cup, it's really a cup. They really you really want to drink out of this. You really want to have a, Mason said he he'd have a, a good bowl of soup 
out of the Stanley Cup. Uh, what what kind did you say? I don't know. There's so many there's endless possibilities, man. It's a little, little Campbell's chicken noodle that was set me <laughs> off right. A little tomato soup, get a grilled cheese. Ooh, I can't get behind that one. Uh, some alphabet soup would do would do good. Oh, are you, are you six years old? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Uh, potato soup, uh, anything like that. Uh, good uh, chowder, French you know. onion soup. And you got to cover the whole top of the cup with the cheese. Hold, hold on. <laughs> what the hell is French onion soup? Because that sounds incredible. It's it's the best soup known to mankind. <laughs> I've never heard of that. You need to eat it. It's fantastic. D- does like Chunkies make like a version of it? I have no idea. But don't you don't you don't want that? No, you go get it at a restaurant. They'll give it to you in a big in a nice little bowl, and they'll it'll come with a like a piece of bread on top, covered in cheese, and it's just like is this like at Olive bread. Garden or something or potentially? I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's available at a lot of restaurants. Really? French I've, I've never heard of it. Top tier. So. <laughs> that sounds top tier, French. Yes, thank you. Please, I'm begging. Uh, I don't, like, the, the thing that you, you got to start sparking your creativity when it comes to finding something to do with this cup that is not, because that's what you want to do. You want to do something that's never been done before. You were telling me earlier, uh... Sidney Crosby having to drink Gatorade out of it because he's too young. Like you, you need something to really stamp your mark because I'll be honest, it's not like there's an avalanche player that did that, you know, that, that has done something unprecedented that everybody is, is talking about today. Well, it dented it already. Good. I mean, you should, if your Stanley cup doesn't have a dent in it, did you really win one? I, I I'm, I watched it this morning on Twitter. I didn't get to watch the game. I didn't watch the game, but I saw it on morning. This I mean, it's literally hand trophy over to player. Player skates over to team. Yeah. Drops trophy. Yeah. No, I saw that, uh, and I can see the dent in it now. Uh, yeah, and the Stanley Cup t- Twitter account retweets that and says another beauty mark. They get it. Hockey's the best. And yet, here we are. We, we got to carry the, the Lombardi trophy with white gloves. And I mean, I know they take care of the Stanley Cup before it's handed off, but like, you know, remember when the Duke's Mayo Trophy got broken and they relished it? Pun intended, I guess. I'm sure relish and mayo go together and something. But it's that's what you need. This is sports. You're supposed to be happy when you win these things. Tear them up. Tear them up and have fun. It's your trophy now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to find a room of thirty guys that just busted their ass for one thing and accomplished it, and didn't immediately want to destroy the thing that they got for it. Right? I mean, of all the testosterone that is that is driving through. I mean, think about the fact that when cities like Philadelphia win titles, they tear up the city. Is Colorado okay? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't push Denver off the mile high, did they? I mean, did you uh, did you catch the Avalanche walking out of the uh, walking out of the arena after, and they were all uh, uh, slightly intoxicated? We'll say. Oh, you should be. I mean, how, how many how many gallons does the Stanley Cup hold? Not much. Not enough. Not enough. That's the answer. Jacob, they were like war chanting, like yelling at all the haters walking through the arena, walking to like the bus that was going to take them to the to the to the plane. Just like, ah, we want it! Ah, bleep you! Ah, social media! Ah. There you go. 
That's how you do it. I will say, too, the size of the Stanley Cup actually being intimidating, it looks like it actually takes takes a considerable amount of effort to put that thing above your head. So to do that while you're skating, no less, the fact that, no, like, honestly, it shouldn't even be slightly surprising that he fell down trying to get this thing over to his teammates, but the fact that nobody lifts it up and immediately just kind of, like, falls backwards, it's quality. It's all quality. I should really watch more hockey. That I think that's the... I think that's the the lesson in all of this. I come to that conclusion this time of year almost every year. Exactly. It's uh it's disappointing, honestly, that I did not watch any of the Stanley Cup finals. Uh especially I mean, there's a good story there too. I mean, like the the Avalanche won that was their first Stanley Cup in uh what, 50 I don't want to say it wrong, but I just saw it 57 years. No, they. I think they won in 2001. I literally just saw this, and now the tweet is gone. It had been a while, uh, but a good story there with, with a team trying to, to get back and win one, despite really not being one of those elite teams over the past three or four years. They were the worst team in the league three years ago. Exactly. But Tampa's been absolutely dominating and could very well be here again next year. So there's a good story there. So... I don't know. Maybe maybe next year is the year that I do it. I finally start keeping up with hockey, especially now cuz I mean the Penguins are about to be on a downward decline, so maybe it'll be a little bit a little bit more painful to watch it instead. That's all the time we got for today. Tomorrow we will talk with AJ Spur of Roll Tide Wire. I'll catch you tomorrow for Mason Woods and Joe Gaither. I'm Jacob Harrison. This is Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 88. The low tonight, 68. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. And again, scattered showers and storms will form during the day. The high at 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thank you for listening to 